amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Series 2 of the podcast. I want to say thank you so much for all your support in Series 1. It is what has led us here, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear what all of our guests have to say this time. We are talking to celebrities. We're talking to coaches, nutritionists, bodybuilders. We have so many people for you to learn from. So sit back, get excited. Here we go. Hello, my lovely podcasters, and welcome back to Series 2. Now, I'm incredibly excited to say that we have two return guests for this series, one of whom is a woman that I have followed for an age and continue to learn so much from. She is a science geek, like myself, albeit a much more qualified and knowledgeable one, um, given that she's an actual scientist and I'm just a fan. So... (laughs) I mean, we can learn a lot from her today, I'll just say that. She's an absolute beauty and also someone that I can now call a friend. Uh, it is the lovely Emma Story Gordon. Oh, hello. What an intro. And Did you like it? Thank you for having me back. No, I feel honoured. After, okay, so I listened to all of my series, one of the podcasts. It's weird listening to yourself back, isn't it? It is, and I have such a weird voice anyway. I mean, I, I talk like a five-year-old with a speech impediment, but I was like, I have to listen to it back because I wanted it to be, like, I wanted it to give the listeners what I get from the health and fitness podcast that I listen to, which is knowledge and in a weird way, kind of like comfort that they're doing the right thing or that, you know, implementations to help them kind of get where they wanted to go. So I wanted to listen to it back and make sure that I was basically doing the job, right, that I wanted it to do. And my favourite episode was our episode because even I felt like I learned from it and I could hear the excitement in my voice talking to you because I really felt like we were kind of on the same page, so yeah, from the same sure. hymn sheet. But I also like the fact that I think you are far more knowledgeable than me. So I feel like a fan when I hear you, like I can learn a lot. Um, so it's my favourite and it was kind of a non-negotiable that you came back. And then uh, obviously we will have another return guest. That one's probably going to be a lot easier for people to guess. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure people will probably hear about it before they see it, knowing him. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good that you're back. I think everybody can learn a lot from you, babes. Well, it's lovely to be here. Okay, right. So for those who didn't listen uh, to series one, shame on you. Go back right now. Um, Why don't you just introduce yourself uh, and tell the audience who you are and what you do? So my name's Emma, or Emma Sorry Gordon, which is a mouthful, so most people call me ESG. But basically, I primarily am an online coach, but I have a background in science and research. I did a sports science degree and then worked in cardiovascular disease and diabetes for a long time. Well, not a long time, actually quite a short time (laughs) before coming back to the fitness world. And I guess what makes me a little bit different is I really focus on not just giving out advice, but helping people understand the why behind Mm. the advice that we give out. Mm. And I think that's hugely important in a large way to take away some of the emotion behind fat loss a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's a huge emotive subject and a lot of people feel like the one thing I would say at the start of my talks is you are not fat. 
you simply have, have body fat. fat yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's not something that you are. And as much as it's really easy to be like, take the emotion away, like as if it would be like a quick fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is the kind of emphasis that I try and go down. And I think using science and sort of rational thinking and logical plans and yeah. explaining things really helps a lot of people sort of understand the how and the why, which yeah. makes things a lot more sense. I agree. I think if you can explain to somebody why the body, and that is what it is at the end of the day, I mean, I think we all put so much importance on it and self-worth on it. At the end of the day, it is a, it's a biological machine. It's a body. Uh, why it gains fat, like why does that happen in the first place? Um, how you can, uh, if it's making you unhappy, how you can maybe get some control over the situation. Um, but also understanding exactly how you said that long term, this is a science um, and you there is a huge comfort in that. And there's also, uh, you're going to be a lot more successful if you can understand even the bits that you're not really that interested in. It all bleeds into each other you know it's all one singular hymn sheet it's the body and if the more you can understand about it the more you're actually going to be able to control it and the more you can feel like you understand what's going on the less emotional you're going to feel about the whole thing and it gives you freedom if you understand why diets work and how they work then it gives you the freedom to sort of pick and choose maybe certain principles of diets at different times when they suit you for example like you've just been traveling i don't know if you did like, I always intermittent fast while I travel. Yeah, well, on the planes, yeah. Although it's, uh, well, so yeah, when I'm actually traveling, so as soon as I'm in transit, I will intermittent fast. It's kind of like a, a non-negotiable. Although the last trip that we did was to a, a book fair in the UAE. And so we got business class, which mm. on the on the way out, I mean, it was just too much fun. James and I were just but basically having our own party. No, exactly. I don't right? know. It was free. It was in the air. And if we're not on land, it doesn't yeah. count. And also, does my fitness pal know what day it is? <laughs> no, no. Like, that's so... the best when you gain a day and you're like, yes, I have an added day of eating. It's like, no, no, you're no, 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 don't do that. Don't don't, don't go down that route. What, but, but then you lose a day when you come back. Yeah, I know. And then it's yeah, yeah exactly. That's... Well, then you just intermittent fast for twenty four hours. But no, so I do always fast on the way out. Though we were so excited, we. Yeah, we we definitely had our own little mini party. We were like up at the bar, like, talking to all the rugby fans, which was great fun for me. Yeah. Um, but then by the time we were flying back, I uh, got a chest infection, and I'm pretty sure I got the flu as well simultaneously on the flight, and it just hit me. Oh, like, that's ideal. It was yeah. honestly, I was here. <laughs> hysterical it was so embarrassing and then we got then we came back and there's a lot of press around James at the moment which again is super fun for me and we came back and there were paparazzi everywhere and I was like no oh god (laughs) anyway how did we get onto this Um, oh intermittent fasting when traveling or or even just like different tools so like maybe you do want to cut carbs and go low carb you don't have to do that if you understand that it's just a way of creating a calorie deficit gives you the freedom that you know what if you really want to try that pasta in Italy you, you know that it's not going to be like, bam, that's your whole diet route. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, okay, that's what I'm going to do when I come back to the UK. Maybe I'm going to keep doing my low-carb diet because that's an easy it way for me, for me to I can adhere to my to calories. It. 100%. Yeah. I've, I learned that when I first started. Um, it was so weird, like the, the mentality of the first time you do a real diet, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, it's... Um, yeah, it, it, there are a lot of hurdles that come with it now. I actually find it really easy. Mm. Um, but in the beginning, and also somewhere in the middle, yeah, it, 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 it can get uh, quite mentally mentally tough. And what would happen is if I had, if I fell off with the tiniest thing, that was it. You know, you put it in the, I won't say the whole word because I don't want them to have to bleep it out, put it in the effort bucket. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, right, I'm off my diet. And it was almost like it gave me an excuse to fall off my diet. Mm. Um, but also because I genuinely believed that was it. And I, you know, that was very, that was seven years ago. Now, obviously, I know a lot more about calorie intake and how to. That essentially, it comes down to a weekly average. Um, you know, we, I try and keep it in a daily average what my calories should be because it's so much easier for me to stick to and adhere to. I, I do have a smidge of OCD. I like to keep you know my daily numbers um, adherable to. But I know ultimately that if I mess up, it comes down to a weekly average. So there are tools, there are tricks like going lower calorie the next day, even if it's just for breakfast or if you have to do it for the whole day, fine. Mm-hmm. Again, intermittent fasting can be a great tool if fat loss is your goal and you have a big blowout. Um, but you know, you want to be careful going too far down that. Yeah. 
yeah, I, yeah, you don't you want to say to people, up, well, yeah, yeah for but a lot that's of people, where, it's that binge over restriction, restriction, right? right? But that's cycle. where science comes into it. So you take out that want or that need to binge and you replace it with understanding about mm-hmm. calories and numbers, and then it becomes less dangerous, yeah. For sure. Okay, fine. So I feel like we just rambled a lot about fat yeah, loss. Wow. We were going to talk about something else. You know, I'm talking a lot today. So I've been on my own for two days. You're like the first oh, person good. I've had a real conversation with. So off I go. Um, okay, so Emma, the main reason why I wanted you to be on series two is because my next book, uh, Transform Your Body with Weights, which is out December 12th. It's obviously a weightlifting book and you have been lifting weights for a long old time now. In fact, I think on series one, you said that that is how you got into it, which for a woman is is quite rare. Normally you get to weights after you fall in all the cardio and class hurdles. So, I mean, I really wanted you to talk about how you got into lifting weights and why in the first place. Um, And then we will go from there. Okay, so I started my career (laughs) in um, athletics. No, I'm joking because I was not very good at all. But we did like weight training, I guess, to help how fast we could run kind of thing. Like more as a strength and conditioning thing. Uh, And then all the way through, then I did some rowing at uni. And again, we were doing weight training. And then when I stopped doing that, I just loved the gym. And it was actually, I was always much better in the gym than I was actually at the sport. Same, same. (laughs) Very annoying. But anyway, that's sort of well, not I, now. Look at the physique yeah, on it. Well, I guess it works out in the end, doesn't it? But yeah. uh, that's how I got into lifting weights. And I guess I never really went down, like you were saying, the class route or doing excessive amounts of cardio and kind of the fear of the weights room. Yeah, you never had it. No, not really. Do you think but, we, we talked about this last time as well? And I want to, I want to just touch on it now. What do you think? That's because genetically, I mean, you are quite long and lean. And so do you think that for you, lifting weights wasn't as scary as so someone who is like me? I am quite, uh, I, I think I've always been quite, quite broad shouldered. And, you know, I am, I'm, uh, I'm a typical mesomorph really in that I hold body fat easily, but I also gain muscle easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for women like that, often there is a fear of, hang on, if I pick up a weight, I'm just going to get, I'm only going to get broader. I'm only going to get bigger. I want to shy away from that. Do you think it was easier for you because of your body type or were you just never really that? Well, interestingly, if you'd see me like when I first started lifting weights, you would have been like, you are a typical mesomorph. Like, really? My, yeah. Um, and then I think just through diet, I probably look more ectomorphy. If anyone yeah. doesn't know what that means, mesomorph is like athletic build, mm-hmm. quite broad, quite easy. It looks like they could easily put on muscle, but yeah. as you said, muscle and fat. And fat, yeah, we go either um, And then ectomorph would be your typical like endurance runner yeah. at the extreme. And we're or all like sort model, of, long yeah, like on a bit of a spectrum of yeah. all of them. And I think most people think you're sort of like in that body type and that's it it. but it's not true at all and you can easily well not easily but you can move between them um and I don't know I think I was just always confident in the weight room because I'd had that training from athletics background yeah yeah but so many people have that fear of I'll put on so much weight and it is kind of funny because you're like oh I'm worried I'm gonna put on muscle and I'm like I have been trying to put on muscle (laughs) for the last 10 years like you will not do it by accident like there's no no way 100% and this is so when we started uh, writing out who we wanted to have on series two you were top of my list um, from what I said about hearing our episode in series one but also because you know it is easier I'm not going to lie and it doesn't you know I'm not happy about it but it's true it's easier to find men who are knowledgeable about weightlifting um, about hypertrophy about strength training Um, you know it's a lot easier to sit down with a lot a lot of qualified um, and very experienced men in the bodybuilding world. It's harder to find women. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think that you go to show, you know, anyone who doesn't follow uh, Emma on Instagram, it's it's ESG Fitness, right? Is, yeah. it, is it fitness? Um, follow her and just... I mean, look, genetics obviously do play a role, but but I mean, look at her body. This is a girl who has spent years and years and years and years and years actively trying to gain muscle mass. And her physique is fantastic and it is feminine and it is, you know, it's not, I think, you know, this, this silly stigma that people have in their mind when they think of a female bodybuilder it tends to be a female bodybuilder from the 80s who's on a lot of um, supplements, shall we yes. say, um, and is, you know, and is flexing on stage, you know, so they're deliberately trying 
going to look a certain way. Um, and it's just it's completely inaccurate. And we should have progressed past it by now. And yet we still haven't. You know, I just wrapped up my online coaching that I did over the summer um, with 20 uh, one-on-one clients that I had. And so many of them I had to explain to them that by lifting up a weight four, five days a week in the gym, they were not going to balloon up. Um, and, it, you know, I found it really, really frustrating. Do you still come across that today? Because I'm shocked that I do. Yeah, I do, but not as much. But then I think it's because what you you kind of what you put out, you attract. Yeah. So you're getting less and less of these people. But I still think it's something that needs to be explained. You know, there are women that have a lot of muscle mass. Yeah. And there tends to be a reason why that is. Yeah. Obviously, these sort of yeah. supplements. But it's largely to do with testosterone, mm-hmm. so a male sex hormone, which yeah. females do have. But if you have a higher level of it, it becomes a lot easier to build muscle mass. Yeah. So you can supplement with testosterone. And that's what a lot of these over-muscular women do. Yeah. And that's why they look that way. And it, I guess it does often give off, like, the, the wrong message that, oh, if you lift weights, that would happen. Yeah. But it's so, so hard to do. It's so hard. But also, guys, <laughs> it really is a two-part process. You know, in order to gain the muscle... You have to, A, train your socks off in the gym. Um, Again, ideally with weights and a hypertrophy range. And you really have to focus on your diet. You know, you're talking a lot of calories. You're, You're trying to add mass to your body. You need to feed it to do that. Just like if you're in a fat loss phase, you need to be very aware of how much you're eating if you're trying to force your body to burn into fat stores, which it doesn't want to do because that's its survival mechanism is fat, body fat, or one of many. Um, And it's the same with muscle building. You really have to make a conscious effort to do it. And you know what? Initially, you might not even really see the muscle. Mm -hmm. The second part of the process is then the subsequent fat loss. And once you start to do that, then you start to see the muscle that you've built underneath it. And then you come full circle to another bugbear I have, which is this idea that, you know, there are toning exercises or a toning diet. No, you build the muscle, you shed the fat. You know, it's a a two-part process. Um, And so even if you are in the gym and you're, and I recently had this with a client of mine, one one of only two clients actually that I had to stop working with, after uh, four or eight weeks, um, she was t- 100% on the right track, doing all the right things and, and was great. But she couldn't visibly see herself after four weeks getting more and more muscular. And no matter how much I tried to explain to her that we weren't at that place yet for so many reasons, and I, w- I won't go into all of them, but there are there are a lot, um, she was really frustrated with me. And in the end, I was like, I can't have this conversation with you. And I swear to God, every week, every single yeah. week. So I, in the end, I was like, you know what? I can't, this isn't gelling, this isn't working, you're not coachable from my perspective um, and I recommended her to somebody else and, and, and that was it. But um, yeah, guys, really, it takes a lot of time. Oh, it takes a lot of time and actually, um, I looked at, before I came here, I was trying to remind myself how slow the process was mm. and Lyle McDonald did a bit of, um, tried to put some numbers to it and basically if you're, even if you're a newbie, so we know that you get sort of newbie gains, so when you course, first start yeah. going to the gym, you can build a little bit more muscle qu- quicker and mm-hmm. you can also lose fat quicker mm-hmm. um so even as a newbie you're only looking at gaining one pound of muscle a month yeah i remember you did a post on this yeah. ages ago i and remember everyone was so upset it. about the post because they're like yeah. what yeah but that is how and slow it only it goes down from there yeah exactly <laughs> the more and more experience you have the slower yeah. it gets yeah. but that sort of brings up so many things like you know people say you can like I might not be losing weight because I'm building so much muscle at the same time. And you're like, well, it'd be pretty slow fat loss if it was yeah. one pound a month. This is, I think, again, only with the newbie gains. Can you be like, well, to be honest, if your weight's not shifting, I'm not actually that worried for yeah. the first, you know, four, eight, whatever, however many weeks you want to give your client for whatever the goal is. But um, but yeah, you know, when, when you're talking about someone, a seasoned lifter, dieter, trainer, and nothing shifting, and they're like, maybe I'm gaining muscle. I'm like, maybe probably not. <laughs> Yeah, but, it's a nice theory. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but this is also something I wanted to talk to you about. You know, there there does come a point where you have to accept that there is only so much muscle that all of us can gain without then starting to play around with our hormonal profiles. Um, Probably not going to do that. I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. Having seen uh, firsthand with some people that I know the kind of uh, other changes that happen. Well, I well, yeah. If you recommend it, I mean, if you're increasing your testosterone. That means you're going to have other things that come along with that, mm-hmm. like potentially hair on your face, mm-hmm. um, a lower voice, a bigger jawline, mm-hmm. these sort of male characteristics. And also behavioural changes. 
Yeah, oh yeah, correction, potentially. I mean, come on, I came off the contraceptive pill because I was a psycho for 10 years of my life. So, I mean, look, I've gone the other (laughs) way with that. you're blaming that whole 10 years? Yeah, that that whole 10 years. Go with it. That's what he told my husband to give us a fresh start. I was like, I'm off the pill now, I'm normal. Now I just scream into a pillow instead of his face. No, I'm joking. Anyway. Um, Right, so moving to fluency. So what I wanted to ask you is if you look back at your training from the beginning and then you compare it to what your training looks like now, what are the real standout changes that have occurred um, and how how and why has your training evolved over the last few years? I think just differences in goals, essentially. So when I first started training, it was to do with sports performance so it was very specific to that and then as it become it became more about just having a body that I enjoy yeah and building muscle um the the training changed but equally it's a lot of it's like the basics are the basics because they work exactly. like a lot of it is quite fundamental and the same and actually if you're there there's this big myth around like you have to change your training every two weeks oh we, we'll talk about this carry on what, what do they say again surprise them oh keep the muscle guessing or... <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, so that's not really true. And as much as like, it can be a little bit boring at times, like it, yeah. you, you want to do the main lifts are the main lifts because they stimulate they the work. most muscle and they yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, so I had a, I had somebody else who I do want to talk to about periodization and, you know, intensity mm-hmm. and volume and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I've, I've also had clients come to me and ask me to change their uh, lifting plan every week. And um I've had this debate with myself in the shower so many times where I do my best debating. And I, I, I this is this is what I just I really need to say, okay? If especially if you're new to lifting, but it doesn't matter. If you've got a new plan, you've got a new plan. First and foremost, your body has to learn the mechanisms of what you're now telling it to do. That in itself can take a few weeks. So there's that. Then your body has to be able to execute those movements pretty pretty well pretty professionally in order to then optimally respond to said movements and that response period will take a few months at best okay after that point then and of course within this uh period of the plan you know there are things like volume um and intensity so volume is the amounts of sets and reps and intensity is the amount of weight of course you know that can be played around with and switch up and it probably should be um but in terms of the actual exercises themselves Emma's completely right it what what works works for a reason a squat works for a reason you know a bicep curl works for a reason things work for a reason there's only so much you can actually play around with the plan um and i've had Actually, this wasn't my first client. I've had more clients tell me that they want a different weightlifting plan every week. And I'm talking the whole kit and caboodle. And A, it's not fair on the coach because it's a lot of work that you're asking them to do for you. And B, it's not optimal for your results. You're not going to get more muscle more quickly because you had a different plan every week. And in fact, it's probably detrimental. Like I would say at least the first week of the plan, you're getting used to it. Mm. You're finding out the exercises and what sort of weight you can lift. The next week, maybe you're progressing them a bit. And then the week after that and after that, the same. And I think, you know, I tend to change people's plans maybe every four weeks. Same. But mainly because they get bored. They get bored, yeah. Yeah. And motivation is obviously a huge part. So changing them every four weeks is fine. I would say, like, your mind's going to get bored before your body does. 100%. You would still adapt to that training if you can still progress in your lifts. Yeah. But you you do get bored of it. And it, it is exciting going to the gym with a new plan. You're like, oh, this is exciting and new as opposed to the same session again. Yeah, but then the, but this is it, you know, and, and I talked about that exact same thing on, on my Instagram recently, the difference between exercising and training. So training is often, regardless of if you're a performance athlete or you're a physique athlete, it can be really monotonous and it can be uh, long-winded and it can be boring because, again, back to Emma's point, which is completely right, the basic, the science of it is the science of it. You're not going to change it because you don't like X and you prefer Y. The science is the science. Cardio works to do one or two different things, right? Weightlifting works to do two or three different things in the body. You know, there's and, and there's only so much you can play around with it. You know, you have to you have to understand that training is you are training for an end result, an end goal, and it can be boring. Whereas exercise, that's when I say to my clients, what is your goal? Do you want to 
drop a dress size? Do you want to feel a bit more confident in your skin? Do you want to, you know, lose some body fat before your wedding? What What is the goal? And if they're, if they're kind of quite surface, simple goals like that, yes, absolutely. Go to this class, go to spin, go to body pump, enjoy it, have fun. You know, watch your diet. We'll look at what you're eating. We'll look at how we can kind of <laughs> rein it in a little bit to get you to your goal. And we can have a lot more fun with it and switch it up. If your goal is to actually have a really serious physique or a performance at the end of our period together, there are going to be days and weeks and potentially months where you're bored out your skull because that's how it works. Yeah, and your mu- like this is a brilliant point that I was thinking about as you were saying that is that your muscle doesn't know if you're doing bench press or yeah. you know push ups or what you can change all these things, but really you're looking at stimulating your muscle and mm. the fibers within that muscle. Yeah, and if you're using that muscle as a primary mover for whatever exercise that is, it's not going to know the difference between these two things. So. Yeah. That's, I guess that's an important point to make as well. And a good crossover, which and we're not really going to get too much into nutrition, but um, a good crossover with nutrition, you know, that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a piece of chicken. You know, mm. your body doesn't really know that you're having a piece of chicken over something else. You know, doesn't know it's protein. organic, grass-fed. Yeah, exactly, despite know. what people... I mean, if you see the statistics, whatever, we won't go into it. But <laughs> it's a very interesting debate, but I'm also slightly scared of the dieting community recently because I may or may not have ruffled some feathers putting up a post about a documentary, but we'll, maybe we'll just... Oh, yeah, we just, oh, it's the new favorite. I thought thing. you were going to talk about like the anti-diet movement. Yeah, I, I did that last year. I think that when James was on, we had a really good rant about that. I'm sick and tired <sighs> of that. I thought personally, if I got it, I'd be fine. Young people and sports people, we think we'd be okay. But the truth is that it can hit any of us hard. Like I hate not being able to play GA, not go out and socialize with my friends. The sacrifices are the only way, so we really need to help each other along the way. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. And nobody knew their past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were. Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see him in the market and really he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know, don't we? Listen to West Cork now on Acast. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Irish History Podcast, The Two Johnnies, and the one you're listening to right now. It's like, you shouldn't be punished. Listen, listen, listen. If you want a result in life, any result, anything at all, it doesn't matter what context we're talking about, you probably have, if you don't already have it, you're probably going to have to change some things. Mm. And you're actually probably going to have to do a little bit of work. I don't understand why people think that that shouldn't apply or doesn't apply to changing your body. Yeah. It's I don't like, why get are you it? scared of hard work? Oh, yeah. And I think there's this notion that like everyone who's dieting is doing it because they hate their body. No. And I'm like, it's the exact opposite. And that's what we should be instilling as coaches is you're doing this because you love your body. You want to change it and you want to better it. Yeah. And we talked about it on in series one. If your motive is actually you do want to feel a bit more confident in your own skin, that's okay. Yeah. You don't need to apologize for that. Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to feel bad about wanting to change as long as it's coming from this place of love. A hundred percent. I always said this like uh, in the beginning when I first started coaching is that like as long as you don't end up in a place where you feel worse than where you started, you're fine. That's a good point because there is that line, isn't there, where people get so obsessive with things. And actually that's something I want to touch on with you is this, like I quite like the quote like strong versus skinny because I think it, it, in, and that brings us back into like lifting weights and stuff is mm. that it gives you that goal that's like a strength goal it's yeah. not necessarily about how you look it's not about well the main point for me is that if weight loss is your goal and you're any good at weight loss very quickly gonna have to find a different goal yeah 100 percent. and 100%. strength is such a you know so it's not just physically strong it's mentally strong yeah. and you get so much from lifting weights i know for no, people who maybe haven't done you it you're probably great. thinking why why <laughs> but, but try it you're like, i love zumba no and i and fair enough like you're entitled to love what you love but emma's completely right i don't know maybe it's something to do with um 
our characteristics just as people mm. but there is something I mean that's how I got into this my now ex-boyfriend was a personal trainer he put a, he put an Olympic bar on my back taught me to squat and it was immediate absolutely immediate I was like I'm quite as I talk about you know quite openly all the time I'm <laughs> all the time never stop I'm quite an anxious uh personality type I'm quite type a um and it was the one thing I can remember doing ever in my adult life that put me very much in the now in the moment I didn't it was non-negotiable you know lifting weights can actually be dangerous especially in the beginning um it was I was in the moment I was focused and how I left feeling after that session was a really nice mixture of um fulfilled accomplished focused driven inspired by myself um and uh very and excited really excited um and I, I think that being agree. like proud of yourself yeah is such an amazing feeling yeah I, I mean, it is. And, and I think in this day and age, especially, you know, as a woman, and again, I don't want to get too bogged down in sexes here, but yeah, I think it's quite hard these days to feel good about yourself for doing something other than looking good. Yeah. Especially, you know. Skin deep, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's get into some advice for people because I know that's why most of them are listening and I am literally just ranting on. Um, what would your first piece of advice to somebody be if they were trying to gain significant muscle mass where where would you begin this conversation I, I guess you have to meet someone where they are would yeah. be the initial thing so if they're already lifting weights then maybe look at you know what I've had people come to me who maybe have been lifting weights for years but in quite an maybe an arbitrary way if that makes sense like yeah. not a structured program yeah so they still get these like what we term newbie gains mm. where their weights are going up really quickly which is a really exciting time but I would say if you don't know yourself like get a structured training program mm. stick to it give yourself long enough be realistic as well like you won't see yeah. masses of muscle mass building initially yeah um, but there's always going to be, so you've got your training aspect, your dieting aspect, um, and then I guess training progression as well. So yeah. the key determinant of hypertrophy is volume. Yeah. So you want to be, and to increase volume, you even need to increase the sets and reps that you do or the weight or probably both. Yeah. In, and there's many different ways to do this, but that would be sort of your underlying theme is that you want to increase that over time. Yeah. Now, as we were suggesting before, like the easiest way to do that is to stick to a training program long enough to actually see progression. Yes. So let's say you were doing... In an ideal world, if you were to write somebody a uh, a hypertrophy plan and you were, you were to give it to them, how long would you... Not the diet part of it, but the training part of it. How would you want to see them stick to? How long would you want to see them stick to that plan before you actually talked about potentially switching it up? In an ideal world, yeah, like probably at least eight weeks. Yeah. See, I would have even said longer. Yeah. Yeah. I would, but the thing is, I know how, and I guess because you do it yourself as well. Like, yeah. You know, you do get a bit lackluster after the same program. Right. This yeah. is the eighth time I've done this session kind of want to do something else yeah, and adherence to, you know you need to adherence to, yeah. for, for training is just as important as for diet yeah really the key to both of them okay so well you kind of touched on it really lightly there and it, it's actually my next question in front of me which is perfect talk about the need to both resistance train in the right ranges and consume the right nutrition such as dietary protein um in order to successfully gain muscle mass okay so if we look <laughs> at the training aspect both of these are going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis which is building protein as muscle yeah and that's what we want to do so training will create that stimulus as well and then so will diet and you need these building blocks from protein so amino acids to build the muscle so not only do you need your training stimulus to stimulate those muscle fibers to grow but you also need the dieting aspects to give yourself the fuel to adapt to that training stimulus. Yeah. And often that's what people miss out. They're like, I'm training really hard, yeah. but then they're not fueling their workouts. And it's like, you need both to adapt. And also on top of that, I would say what's really important is recovery. So sleep, which yeah. is, seems huge in the industry at the moment. Everyone is talking about 
how important sleep is. But but why just now? I don't understand. Maybe it's because I come from a family where like I can't remember being an age when my parents did not consistently tell me that I needed to focus on getting enough sleep. Really? Yeah, it was always a thing in my just family. Like switch you off. I think because they did this morning for so long that they were so uh-huh. sleep deprived, getting up at four a.m. every day to go in for like uh, briefing meetings with the producers and stuff. That they I don't know why they just overly focused on it with the kids. So now we're all sleepers, pretty lazy. Yeah. <laughs> pretty lazy. I'm like, don't wake me up for breakfast. My husband's like, please, I want to have pancakes with you. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> it is interesting. I think it's one aspect that it definitely has become like more spoken about recently. Yeah, thank God. And like, part of it's probably because you get all these sleep apps and yeah. you can monitor everything. Yeah. Have you ever tried one? No, I haven't because, again, I'm quite an anxious person. So the idea that the one th- time when I'm switching off is when I'm being <laughs> yeah. monitored. I know, I know it doesn't really matter if it's just me and my phone, but no, I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in it. Um. But yeah, but I mean, I am with you on the not tracking your sleep. Yeah, like, really. In, unless you have a problem with it, you know, yeah. if you're someone who's like, oh yeah, I always sleep really well, and then you start tracking it and realize that this app is telling you you don't sleep very well. Yeah, like your body's right, not the app. And the same is yeah. true with like my fitness pal. I think like if you're tracking your calories and it says you should be in a deficit, but you're not losing weight, and I mean weight over time, not just like three days. Like you've stuck to it for a month, you've not lost any weight. We can say you're not in a deficit. 100%. It doesn't body... matter what what the internet thinks or what an yeah. app thinks. Your body is your body. It will tell you. Exactly. You you can't get away from, like, if you're in an energy deficit, you will start losing weight over time. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people get almost, like, addicted to these apps now or they put so much emphasis on them. Yeah. That it's not they screw themselves over yeah yeah this it's it's such such a good point i literally love talking to you (laughs) i agree with everything you say this never happens um but it's so true you know your body will tell you you wouldn't you will know if you're sleep deprived if you're not losing weight then it doesn't matter if my fitness pal tells you that this is this is the formula for you no you know of course look it's this all of these kind of apps and um, equations online and, and algorithms and stuff Look, they work from a scientific formula that's a good start point. It's a good foundation to start from. Um, and it's always nice, you know, for mental adherence and also in terms of actually structuring out a plan to have a really good start point. Um, but the fact of the matter is your body will tell you as you go whether or not it's working for you. And there are outliers and, you know, one rule does not apply to everybody. That's why I struggle so much or I did struggle so much um, to write generic fat loss plans in my books mm. because I was like, it's, it's, it's actually really subjective um, and it's really hard, which is why in my second book I tried to kind of cater to a much more varied audience. Um, but, you know, it's really hard because ultimately we're all different and what one person might need to see results in, in different ways, the other person won't. So, for example, I mean, my husband kind of stopped really lifting weights a few years ago. I think he does one weight session a week. What? He, yeah. He looks how he looks. Um, you should see his dad. His dad is even bigger than him. Um, and he's never been into a gym in his life. He is genetically, he's an outlier. He doesn't, this, the rules, we, we were talking about this actually yesterday. We we're talking about him going into a calorie deficit and him not being able to train. And I was explaining to him that the rules do not apply, the standard rules that I would give to someone to him. Um, and instead, I basically had to kind of give him a whole new, <laughs> a whole new scripture based on his body because it doesn't it doesn't apply to most and it, people. And it is a good example because he is or was at least the top of elite athletes. Like yeah. you are by definition an outlier there. Yeah. And exactly. like, as you were saying all of these like my fitness pal algorithms and things they're based on general population. Yeah. So it's the average of everything. And even then even if that equation was perfect for you as you're saying it's a start point that you monitor and adapt from. And it's so hard to track accurately. Yeah, and there's absolutely. been studies showing that even dietitians can't do it. So you... No, you absolutely can't. What is it? It's like, like even if you get a dietitian to do a macro breakdown of like a really, you know, I don't know, a piece of chicken. There's still what is it like a twenty percent off range either there's way. Huge, yeah, huge variation. Even if you're like going to restaurants and they're saying, "Oh, it's five hundred calories," you're like, "Well." Nah. It's probably a bit more than that. Like when they did the weighing and everything, it's probably the smallest chicken breast with the least oil and the smallest portion of chips or whatever it is. 
So yeah, there's so many inaccuracies that can come in. I think some people sometimes when you say that, people are like, "Oh, should we try and be more accurate?" No, like, don't no. waste your time. <laughs> Honestly, basically, you can't accurately track it. It's a good yeah. adherence tool. It's good to have like a base. Yeah, exactly. That's but it. If it's not working. Change no. it. And also, like exactly like Emma said right in the beginning, if you make a real effort. And I don't know why people are so lazy about this. I don't, sorry, that sounds really uh, generalizing. I don't mean it like that. But a lot of people are too lazy to do this. And I know because I get thousands of DMs every day. I don't know why people are so scared to just do some research. Well, I'm scared I'll get it wrong. Well, okay, start the research and then you'll figure out what's wrong and what's right. And, and also what applies to you. And, you know, do some research and... All of these inaccuracies, you will actually have a much better understanding of how important or unimportant they are. When you don't know and you you think you're going to be inaccurate, of course that's like panicky. Of course you feel, oh my God, why am I bothering doing this? What if I'm getting it wrong? But if you actually understand the process, you can be like, eh, it doesn't really matter if that was a bit this because I know that X, Y, Z. Like, in, you know, it's, it's a lot more manageable if you have an understanding of it. Yeah, it is often like a mind, like or a clicking moment for a lot of people when they realise that like their body is a representation of the average of their actions over time, whether yeah. that be what they eat, what they expend, how they train, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then it kind of takes the pressure off. Okay, I had one imperfect day, that's fine, and, yeah. and that's something that I always promote to my clients is like imperfect action. Yeah, a perfect plan will only ever work for the three weeks you can stick to it if you're lucky yeah. and then like as you were saying before like you go off and then you're like oh screw it the whole diet's ruined yeah may as well just you know what's the example people always give like i smashed one plate may as well just smash all of the plates <laughs> yeah. in my kitchen that's my personality to a t <laughs> as well so like working out of that was it was yeah it was yeah. an effort but carry on it is hard and i think a lot of people are stuck in that mentality especially when it comes to dieting but once you realize that that isn't how things work no. it becomes a lot easier and I'm similar to you like I have quite a perfectionist personality I'd like I quite like ticking the boxes every day yeah 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 yeah. but then you realise actually when it comes to diet that isn't a particularly good thing to, to do yeah. and actually it can just get too anal and then potentially be detrimental as we were talking about before you get too into it I completely agree Um, you talked about uh, I asked you about kind of uh, the kind of plan that you would give to somebody where you would start to somebody who was really interested in gaining significant muscle mass. Um, and now I want to go beyond that and just say, talk to us about subsequently holding on to the muscle that you've built, not losing it, um, not going into, you know, any kind of people, especially I always find my male clients are so deathly afraid of catabolism. And I'm like, guys, it doesn't just happen because you didn't pick up a weight for three days. Relax. Um, so, yeah, talk to us about about maintenance. Well, do you know what's interesting? The research on this is, one on one side, terrifying. <laughs> um, so if you are, like, bed-bound, if you were in hospital or something, you actually lose muscle mass really quickly. So like, just any inactivity? Complete. But I mean, like, complete inactivity, as yeah. in you're stuck in hospital bed. So I think within a week, you start to see, like, significant atrophy. A week? Yeah, which is, which is really scary. But then you look at, you know, even walking around is often enough to maintain... That's there. Yeah. That's what I always say. So you say. don't have to... Like, I think that that's obviously an extreme example and they've shown, like, people that go into space and stuff and have no, like, gravitational yeah. pull. They lose muscle very quickly. But if you're just walking around... Or, for example, I've not been able to train for about three or four weeks now, aside from, like, a tiny amount. And actually, <laughs> the other day, my physio made me do three sets of eight body weight squats and I got DOMS. No, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I li- I can't remember the last time I didn't have to really go in like to get to, to get I, that I miss feeling. Dom sometimes. Me well, too. Here's a piece of advice: don't train for four weeks. <laughs> yeah, and then you're and cr- you're good to go. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't think you lose it as quickly as what people expect. And I've spoken to people about this before, and it, I find that it's actually fairly easy to maintain muscle mass so, once it's been built. Yeah. Although you might, I, I always say this um, again to my husband who talks about this all the time. It's really boring. But <laughs> I mean, there is a difference. So, okay, the research that I've read actually says that it takes about three weeks of actually not stimulating the muscle mm-hmm. for your body to then start to use it for, for energy and fuel. And it actually makes sense in terms of hospital. And I mean, the idea that your body's trying to recover and you're completely sedentary, it kind of makes sense that it would go to its protein first. Um but yeah, the research that I've read basically says it takes about three weeks of not stimulating the muscle to uh, to start to see it disappear. 
Now, that doesn't mean that in the lead up to that three week point, you won't start to see or feel flatter, smaller, because you're not going to have a pump. You're not going to have the same blood flow circulating the muscle. You're not going to have the same kind of drive from the nutrition that you're taking in to be driven into the muscle. Um, So you might look and feel uh, a bit smaller, but it's highly unlikely, at least from the research I've read, that you're actually, your body is actually eating muscle for fuel at that stage in time. Especially if you have body fat. Yes, exactly, because that is, first of all, much like carbohydrates, your body's primary energy source, you know, if if they're in your diet currently, body fat is your body's primary energy source if you're in a deficit, so... And and as you like, kind of the perfect example, like use it or lose it. Yes. So when you're dieting as well, which is especially the case with guys that are like worried, oh, I'm going to diet and lose all my gains kind of thing. If you're still losing, using that muscle your body's not going to want to lose it. And it's not to a significant amount. I mean, don't numbers show that it's like uh, of all the mass that you lose when you're in a significant uh, fat loss phase, it's something tiny, like two, is it 2% or something, which is muscle? I don't know the exact figures, but if you're stimulating the muscle and you're giving it enough protein, protein, you shouldn't lose excessive amounts of muscle mass. Yeah, and I've actually seen Emma do posts on this before, so if you're interested in that topic, you should, again, go on her Instagram page. <laughs> um, I promise you won't regret it. We are slowly coming to the end. Um, so in my book, actually, Transform Your Body With Weights, um, I do touch on this, but I just really want to drive it home now. Everybody has different sets and rep ranges depending on what the goal is in the gym. Not one of those sets and rep ranges means anything If you are not lifting until you literally can't lift the weight anymore, that is it. That is where your strength will start to take place. That is where your muscle growth will start to take place. That is where, you know, if you're you're training for endurance, uh, your body is going to be able to adapt to what you're doing. I, I promise you, it doesn't, I can write, you know, 10 sets of nine reps, like whatever, it doesn't mean anything. You have to train to failure regardless of the goal or it is not going to have an impact. Could not agree more. And I think that different exercises and different muscle groups require different rep ranges as well. So I find that shoulders, like if you do higher reps, they respond better to that. I I couldn't agree more. Whereas like if you're doing a lateral raise... What, three rep max lateral raise? It's ridiculous. Like, you would never do something like that. I also feel it's very unaccomplished. I feel yeah. like if it's a small muscle like that, look, don't get me wrong, if you're doing like real strength training and you're doing a squat or a deadlift, fine, mm-hmm. or like a bench rep. But I mean, a lat raise for three. I mean, I would feel cheated out of my, my weight yeah. training for the day. And then what you're saying about pushing yourself, like, one thing that I love about a diet and exercise actually is. You get out what you put in. Yeah. And there isn't much in life that that is like 100% true. But, you know, you're always sort of taking a risk. Like, am I, if I put in more emotion to this relationship, will I get back the same? If I put in more money to this investment, no, will I get answer, it back? The answer, by the way, to the first question is no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. But, you know what I mean? There's always yeah. that risk of you not getting the reward that you've put in. Yeah. Whereas with diet and exercise, like, it's fair. Yeah. You will, you know, if you stick to your calories and your protein goals and you put in the work at the gym, like you will get results. I, I mean, exactly. this is the beauty of science. If you're like me and you're like all in your own head and completely insane, um, it's actually really nice to have, you know, a pretty foolproof method. I, I can remember like the times when I haven't responded well to a prep. And if I'm going to be completely honest, it's because I did, I I tried to basically be successful by doing as little as possible. So I knew the rules and I knew the science and my whole mindset, because at that point I I I talked about this on my Instagram account at the beginning of the year, I think I was suffering from some kind of burnout because things were just not, I just was not invested in anything at all. And I was exhausted. Um, I was doing preps like back to back and it just got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to put in like minimum effort because I understand the science and it'll be fine. Um, but obviously that showed. Mm. My, okay, so fine. I did lose body fat and I did drop like 10 pounds or whatever, but I didn't look anywhere near as good as I know I can look when I am all in. Like, yeah. you know, you go all in and you will get the results. And Emma's completely right. Like it is this one guarantee and you don't get many of them in life. If you work hard, you'll see it. Yeah. There's something really exciting about that. Um, okay, so we are at the end. And just like last time, I want to give you the floor to talk to my audience about anything and everything that you think it's important for them to understand about training and nutrition um, and, and getting to their goals. Okay. 
So since we've mostly spoken about building muscle and body composition, I think one thing that a lot of people get a little bit confused about, and one reason actually why people can sometimes bulk up when they lift weights is that they compensate with eating more as well. Mm. So not only can exercise make you a bit hungrier, but people tend to think it burns a lot of calories. And to be honest, a gym session often doesn't. Whereas... um, my sort of approach to this would normally be to tell people that in the gym you're focusing on building muscle, building strength, exercise performance. Yeah. And outside of that, if body composition is the goal, you're looking at activity to lose fat and then obviously diet as well. Great advice. Uh, so those would be my focus. And I think a lot of people, it moves people away as well from trying to burn as many calories as they can in the gym, yeah. which... It's, it's, it's a not bit of a waste be, of time sometimes. It, I think. It's not going to be that. It's not the ultimate uh, optimal calorie burner. I mean, fresh. if you've only got an hour in the gym, you don't want to spend. And the way that you would burn the most calories during that hour is to do cardio. Absolutely. But that's not what we want. And you actually no. have the whole of the rest of the day to stick to your diet and be active to lose body fat. You've got that one hour in the gym to stimulate muscle growth. Yeah. If you look at all the different factors of, of metabolic rate, you've got your BMR, which is by far and away just just being alive is going to burn your most calories in a day. Um, second to that, you have your, your non-exercise activity, your neat, so your, your your movement. What are you doing? You're gesticulating, you're talking, you're cooking, you're cleaning, whatever you're doing. And I mean, the very last thing, well, actually, maybe it's dynamic effect of it, but the second to last thing in terms of your body is your gym time. So if you're going to be, and it's completely right, as always, if you're going to be in the gym, Make it really productive in terms of uh, your performance and, you know, gaining muscle uh, or holding on to it at the very least. And, yeah, she's completely right. Focus more, you know, do a bit of cardio. I mean, I'm really pro-cardio anyway, just in terms from a health and fitness standpoint. But she's right, you know, that in terms of fat loss, that should really be happening with your diet and it should really be happening with your consciousness about how much you're actually moving and how active you are. For sure. Okay, well... I think we're done. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. You've got too infirm. I can't breathe. And uh, <laughs> Emma has got tape all over her back. So, you know, we've tried our best. So hopefully we're not too out of it on painkillers. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure as usual. Thank Always you very much. Always a pleasure. Uh, and more to come from me and Emma soon. Thank you, guys. Really, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, leave a review. Honestly, the more feedback we can get from you guys, the better. Don't forget to tune in next week when we have Mr. PMA himself on Faisal. I thought personally if I got it I'd be fine. Young people and sports people we think we'd be okay but the truth is that it can hit any of us hard like I hate not being able to play GA, not go out and socialise with my friends. The sacrifices are the only way so we really need to help each other along the way. Behind every case there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com Supported by the Government of Ireland. Social Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.